Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that connects you to cyclists all over the world and makes indoor training fun. There are structured workouts, training plans that are really easy to follow, online group rides, and why not try a few races? You can also organize a meetup with a bunch of friends. You might just have to make your own coffee at the end. With Zwift, you can even listen to this podcast while you ride around the Champs-Élysées. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial, no strings attached, at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Yes, I'm beaming. It's because Dave McKenzie is with me. Yeah, it is not because I'm with you. <laughs> it is because you've got your first stage win in the tipping comp. Well done. You deserve it. You said a week ago, I'm tipping French riders all the way to the finish. I'm fed up with this competition. But today, wow. So I've got my first French win, but France has got its first yes, French win as well true. in the Tour. We were really eyeing down the fact that France will end up or the Tour de France with no win. But then now... We have got, we've got the win. We've got the win for France. Yeah, and it was a huge win. I mean, obviously, my hand on my heart, and I, I was going for Caleb Ewan. But in the end, look, he wasn't good enough today, and he will be the first to, to say that. And he wasn't, he wasn't even second, third, or fourth. He was, in fact, tenth. But that's not the story. The story is Christophe Laporte. And he, he, he has transformed himself mm -hmm. to another level. He was at a very high level anyway. He, he would get sort of top fives in Tour de France stages. We knew he was good. We talked about him previously, um, but he was probably never going to win a stage with Kofidis. And today, he didn't have a huge amount of help from Jumbo Visma teammates. They did a little bit, but they didn't drag that back for him. He actually leapt across to that attack and then leapt off the front. He did all of that himself. He used his smarts and he used his strength. And now, as you say, he is France's first stage winner for this edition. And he actually could be France's only winner for this edition because we'll talk about the stages that are uh, ahead of us and then do not favour necessarily the, the, the French riders. Uh, we are in Cahors. Uh, where are we, Maca? Cahors. Oh, you've learned! I've learned! <laughs> I got it! Yes! Uh, yes. Let, let's go back and, uh, and have a look at the, the whole stage. So we sort of always hinted it was going to be a stage for the, for the sprinter. You, you and I, when we arrived this morning, we, we saw there was a little pinch at the end. It was not a straight flight finish. No, it's true. But, but I still said to you and, you know, decided that it was, it was always going to be a day for, for the sprinters. In the end, it wasn't. It actually wasn't. Because... Laporte, as much as he, you can argue, is a sprinter, he jumped off the bunch, caught those two breakaway, two of the three breakaway riders in the last 500 metres, used them for some slipstream for about 200 metres, got his timing right and then jumped. So actually the sprinters didn't win the day. And, you know, they blew it. They blew it because there were those three guys off the front. Jasper Stoyven was one of them. Fred Wright, of course, um, and there was a third rider. They, did, they actually did an amazing effort to stay off the front as long as they could, and the sprinters' teams were depleted. They were running out of stocks, they were running out of men to bring it back, and in the end they brought them back, but the tempo wasn't high enough at the end, and that's why um, um, Laporte was able to jump when he did, because he actually jumped 
with about 700 to go. So that's not a sprinter winning. You know, that, that, yeah. that's an opportunist winning the day. So it was, it was a brilliant win by him and a brilliant finale. And if we, uh, if we just concentrate on that particular win for uh, Christophe Laporte, um, he was at Cofidis and he was there or thereabout every, every time when there was a sprint, top five, top ten. But now in Jumbo Visma, this year, the Jumbo are so strong that you said and you mentioned rightly that they didn't really help him for, for this stage. They were not all in for him on this stage, but they gave him free reign. And that power of giving free reign was able to give Christophe Laporte the extra oomph he needed to be a stage winner. Yeah, and, and you know, he, he's on the team of the yellow jersey, he's on the team of the green jersey, He's on Polkadot jersey. The, yeah, the Polkadot <laughs> jersey as well. So he has lifted this year. Um, you know, George Bennett, who, who, who now rides for UAE, was here and sadly have to, had to withdraw. He was at Yumbo Visma. And I remember I said to him a couple of years ago in Australia, actually, at the start of the year, I said, mate, I'd love to see you go out on your own and be a team leader, team captain. Will that ever happen? He goes, oh, look, maybe, I don't know, Macca. But he said, look, the thing is, you, you rise when you're racing on a team of champions. So he said, you ride above yourself when you're racing on a team of champions. That's exactly what Christophe Laporte has done today. He won a stage at, uh, this year I should say, he won a stage at Paris-Nice earlier this year, and he's been riding 5% better than what we've ever seen Christophe Laporte, mm. Christophe Laporte ride in his whole career all this year, hasn't he? He's, it's been a noticeable difference. And that really, I think, is down to the morale that surrounds him amongst that team and the talent that surrounds him. So when we talk about the strategy, do you think today they, Jumbo Visma said in the morning, let's see what happens, but if it's clear, Christoph, you can go for whatever, you can go for your life, you're free to do. Because normally, you and I talked about it at lunch when we did our tipping competition, uh, and I brilliantly picked up the winner today, <laughs> I should say. Uh, but now, joke aside, when we talked about it, I've asked you, is he going to be there to protect Vingegaard? And you said, he should. Yeah, he I should. did, I did. Because I think, I think, and fair, and I think you probably thought this as well, all things considered, all of us believed Van Aert would sprint. Yeah for the win today or yep. try to in the end it was Van Aert that did that job and as soon as I saw Van Aert go to the front I went okay he's not sprinting and then he actually got out of the way swung off so it was pretty obvious and pretty apparent that Laporte had been given that one opportunity and that's massive kudos to the team they're, they're repaying him with that with that with the hard work that he's done for the three weeks and he has repaid them back with an unbelievable stage win so yeah, that tactic obviously was behind closed doors and wow, it worked. Yeah, I would uh, totally agree. So, um, in the stage, a few things happened in that stage as well. There was a split, there was crosswinds, we, we, a couple we, of flats. A couple of flats in there. Yep. Uh, so, let, let's go back into, uh, first of all, the, the crosswinds. It's always when we are in the south of France, it's always a, a strong possibility. Uh, and that did change some of the uh, complexion of the race, as was changed. Yeah, it was. It was 100%. And, you know, that's what we love about the Tour de France, don't we? It's, it's, it's a world championship of cycling for three weeks. That's yeah. what you get. Nothing, nothing is a granted. There's no free gifts. And, again, the sprinters weren't getting a red carpet treatment today. Sprinters day, sprinters day, all over it. But in the end, again, I'm sounding like a broken record. But that's why we say these things early on the stage. And it's a bit of it's vindication as, a, as an analyst for me 
uh, and, and the commentators because we'll say these things and sometimes I think the fans back at home and if you're listening you're thinking hang on are these you know is Macca and the comms trying to wind us up keep us keep us hanging because it's obvious that it's going to be a sprint stage no we're not there's never any guarantees mm-hmm. and this is another lesson for anyone who thinks that you know here's the script and this is what will happen forget that there's no script in the Tour de France and thank you for, for saying this because uh, we saw a little incident today with uh, Tadej Pogacar which was quite interesting because this could actually have imagined if that, if that flat tyre happened to, uh, to uh, Vingegaard it would have been a completely different uh, aspect of the situation but Tadej Pogacar had a flat and he went on changing his wheel. Only one teammate was here for, for him at the beginning and they started to pull and they made one slight mistake in there as well, which was highlighted by Simon Garrens in the, in the coverage that they passed the car straight away. They didn't wait until get it, to get the, 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 the stream, uh, the slipstream behind. Yeah. Uh, so therefore he just then was against the wind and had to struggle and more teammates came in. And, but a funny picture was that he was pulling the teammates, yeah. this whole team, the whole team, which was here for him. Only he four was guys them. left. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, they went back for him and then he dropped them on his way back. <laughs> it just shows, it just shows again, a little bit of, um, they, they need to go back to the drawing board. UAE. They need to go back to the drawing board. Little incidents like that, you got to stay calm, you got to stay relaxed. He was always going to get back. Yeah, he realistically. was. But, it, but look, you got a point. If, if the race had have opened up even more and there was some crosswinds, he might have been found himself back in the third group when he made it back to the bunch and then suddenly there's two more groups up the road. So, yeah, they've, they will have learnt some harsh lessons uh, from these three weeks of racing. And if they haven't well they should have yeah um and look again let's refer to to gero as a you know as one of our greats and and it's so great to have him here and part of the commentary team um he said it in week one he said the pog is jumping around too much he's attacking he's chasing every little second he said three week race you know and and You'd be forgiven, Simon would be forgiven, if the Pog won by two minutes now, you'd say, okay, fine, but it's the Pog. Well, we were all blown away when Vingago blew him away so on the Grand On. Was he overconfident? Because I remember you and I had that chat when we'll I told you. We'll never know, unless he admits it. We'll yeah. never know, will we? We'll never know unless he admits it himself. We can make accusations or we can have our opinion of whether he was or wasn't. And I'll reserve mine because I think we will never know. You know, it's um, it's, and it's not a cheap shot. It's it's a it's a fair comment mm. to make. But yeah, it. I, I, and again with Kino, I can't wait for twelve months time. Yeah. <laughs> because imagine Pog back at his best. He will have learned a lot from this. Champions do. They always learn, and they have, and they have some good people in their corner. Vingago will be back aiming for number two. Um, Yumbo Visma will be up and about. This is their first. Tour de France victory as a team, an incarnation, all the, all incarnations of that team. Back to the Rabobank days, uh, Belkin, I think. This is a team, their big goal has been to win the Tour de France and they've finally done it. Or yeah. Almost done it. <laughs> yeah, let's not... Uh, yeah, let's uh, not... Let's not... Let's not jinx it. On him. <laughs> but, um, no, we talked a lot about Sky Ineos with all the marginal gains, etc., etc. We, we Maybe we thought that we were out of that era as well. But are we? Because it seems that Jumbo Visma are, are being pretty much perfect in every department of what they need to do. 
Well, they, 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 very little room for mistakes. And this is why when we saw them struggling with the bikes and so on, it makes us laugh But because it's it's uncommon. Over, overall, they're very much towards perfection. Maybe a bit more than UAE. Yeah, well, they were this year, weren't they? That's for sure. And, you know, Roman Dennis left Ineos because he said, you know, to paraphrase it, that Yamba Visma were ahead of the game of, yeah, of anyone. He said... Uh, uh, other teams are trying to copy their process, so why would I go for the cheap copy? That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what he said. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. It's a nice way to put it, isn't it? So, look, they, yeah, it could have quite easily unravelled for them in week one. But but we, we also said very early on, to, to I guess back it up, or I said that, you know, the UAE were riding like they had a three-minute advantage when... Ultimately, all he had was a 39-second advantage over mm-hmm. Vingago. So there was always this element you thought, what are they defending? 30, they're 39 seconds. That's all they're defending. And they're defending it like it's this, you know, they've got this fortress. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't a sound fortress at that point. Um, so there's a lot of, there'll be a lot of discussions and post-analysis, you know, when we go up and down the, the Champs-Élysées or when the riders do for the final time. But yeah, there'll, there'll be some really interesting takeaways from this race. And, you know, one thing is for sure, and to go back to your comment about the Ineos Sky Days, Yumbo Visma, yeah, you can say, yeah, they're like that dominant. But what's better about it now, I think, we're not seeing what we saw 10 years ago where Sky would be on the front mm-hmm. for 100 kilometres of a stage. And, you know, probably rightly so, there were fans saying, this is boring. This is boring. This isn't. This racing's becoming boring. Remember, and there was a whole talk about yeah. ban, ban power meters, ban this, ban that, ban race radios, yeah, the radios ban wheels, yeah. wheels <laughs> makes them go too fast. No, they didn't say that. But all Pedal, these pedals, pedals, get rid of them. No good. Yep. <laughs> Front chain rings. Yeah. No, no chains. Forget it. Um, but yeah, what we're seeing now, and look, I want you to say this again. You you did an interview, was it with Bernard Tevenet? Yeah. And he talked about the racing now, and he, he said a few ways how he described it. And I thought it really summed it up about racing from the front or off the front. Yeah, he, he said that uh, for an era where uh, the sky times, we talk about the sky boats, but the racing was happening at the back. Basically, you had to hang on as much as you had to hang on for your life if you wanted to be in the finish. Uh, but now the racing is attacking from the front, and it's a completely different uh ways of doing it and, and and this is what Eddie Merckx and so on were doing before naturally because the bikes were like this because the situation were like that but today it's a strategy the strategy is they are not running tempo they're just attacking 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 left right and center yeah that's what Bernard Tevenet uh, yeah. said yeah and, and I think it's great when it comes from someone like Bernard Tevenet mm. who, who raced through that that you know magical era yeah uh, and or a couple of areas I think he crossed over a little bit so and actually, yeah. actually, I interviewed your, one of your heroes today uh, in French, Ronan Pinsek. And he said, oh, he legend. Said, he said roughly the same thing, except he was from the Indurain era. Yeah, so Indurain, Le Monde. Yeah, so yeah. He, he's, he's seen the switch and he's very uh, he's, he's pleased to see the, the switch back to some more aggressive riding. Yeah, yesterday. I think we all are, aren't we? And, and we're, yeah, we are, we are fortunate and you as fans, I'm sure, will agree. This is a really fortunate time for anyone in cycling on the sidelines, <laughs> maybe not so much for some of the riders because, you know, it's hard to beat the likes of Vanderpol, Van Aert, Pogacar, Vingago, 
you know, and there's a bunch of others coming up. Yeah. Pidcock, he's another one. He's win on Alpe d'Huez. I mean, wow. It, it is a special era. Now let's talk about Caleb. Uh, we had hopes for Caleb for, for this stage. Uh, in the end, he finished top 10. I think he finished 10th on, on, yep. on the stage. He sat up because... He uh, sat up in the end. Basically, yep. the, 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 game the, was, the game was game over from, uh, yep. from pretty much the, the world go. But uh, how do you think he's feeling? Frustration. I think probably more, more than anything today, he'll have some frustration. Um, not sure how else you can sum it up because... His teammates did what they could. Phil Gilbert was on the front early. He, he, you know, dropped off sort of, you know, 10, 20 kilometres to go. He got his teammates towards the front at the end to help pull back that, that trio of riders. And then you get Laporte, waits in the wings, jumps 700 out. So it's not just Caleb who faltered today. It's the other sprinters. Jakobsen was out the back, but Jakobsen's got a stage win. Yeah. You know, Gronewagen uh, was in the top 10, I think, but he's got a stage win. So the difference is for Caleb, he doesn't have a stage win. Philipson, uh, I don't think was there, but he's got a stage win. So Caleb's Caleb of the purists, he's the one missing out. So for him, it hurts more. And I, I don't think he'd disagree with that. For him, it hurts more at the moment. So he's now got one chance. It's never a guarantee. The last 10 years or longer, it's been a sprint on the Champs-Élysées. But now that's his last chance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to Caleb Ewan. Caleb, that was uh, not so much of an easy day, even though it was a relatively flat stage. It looked like a pretty chaotic race from start to finish and a bit of control in the first half of the race, but just not really any teams with full control in that second half of the race. Can you talk us through, you know, what that feeling in the bunch was, especially in the finale? Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, the, the big stuff up from the day was that we brought the break back halfway through the stage, which I don't know why we did that, but... Um, we knew it was a strong break and they didn't want to, I think they didn't want to let them kind of play with the bunch and then really accelerate in the end. But I mean, I don't know what's worse, a break that's been out there for 180k accelerating at the end or fresh guys going with 30k to go. So um, I think that was the biggest stuff up and then we had to use way too many guys in the end to bring back that small breakaway. And, and then you saw in the end in the sprint, I think no one really had teammates left and we all kind of just sat up and yeah, stage was gone. You know what it takes to win in Paris. How, you, how are your feelings going into that final stage of this year's tour? Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm confident with my form, but to be honest, I'm super disappointed with today. Um, it was a, a finish that really suited me, that slight uphill, and um, yeah, I really wanted to win today. And yeah, now the, the stage is gone and another disappointment. Well, I think that you've got one more chance and, you know, we're all really positive for you, but I know it's really tough. So how do you turn that mindset around from a day like today? Um, yeah, I just have to get through the time trial tomorrow and then, um, yeah, you know, obviously if, if I could win any stage of the Tour de France, it would probably be the one in Paris. So uh, that one's still left and like I've said before, when there's still a chance, there's still hope to win. So um, I think I can take the positives that I felt good and, uh, yeah, as I get better through the tour, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, hopefully a good stage for me. Is it possible to do an easy time trial tomorrow? Or do you, is there a, you know, a certain level that you have to keep to stay within the time cut? Uh, yeah, no, it's never easy, to be honest. It's, uh, you still have to push quite hard. But, um, yeah, obviously I won't be going as hard as I can go. But, yeah, I'll still have to push quite hard to make it within time limit. Thanks for your time today and good luck. Thank you.
This was a uh, Caleb Ewan. Um, what what energy does he drive? Does he draw from a day like this one? Is it how how does he channel this frustration into the ultimate power in his head? Invincible on the Champs Elysees on Sunday. Yeah, I mean it's a mindset. So he he has to just you know he's human like everyone else. So you get home from work, which is you know he gets to the hotel. He has a shower. He's he, if he's rooming on his own or with a teammate, he can be angry. They'll they'll digress. They'll debrief. He'll probably debrief maybe with one of the directors, and then move on, and then get over it. And then you know tomorrow he's got a TT. You know don't it's, care. It, it's not a, it's not easy, but it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. He's not getting a result there. He's not even looking for a result because he won't get one. He's looking for a time cut. So that's actually fine. That's yeah. what he's looking for. Priority one is make the time, which he will. So, and then he just reboots and he reboots and he believes again. Look, you and I have, well, we've listened to him a bunch of times. I've interviewed, interviewed him a bunch of times. I think his mindset has been really good um, and he's picked up the pieces each time he hasn't had a great day, whether it be in the mountains or even the sprint stages. He's actually been pretty good. So I'm confident, I'm actually confident he can still win and probably realistically um, the Champs is the day suited for him. Mm -hmm. He's a purist, you know, he, he can be good on the uphills as well, but he's one on the Champs-Élysées, he can do it again. It's almost, you know, the struggle, the power struggle to all the way to Paris, but Paris awaits for him. This Look, and if he did, if he did or if he does win on the Champs-Élysées, I think it'll be one of his greatest achievements. He's, he's won three stages before in one tour, and I think that included the Champs-Élysées. Mm -hmm. But I think the way he's battling and, and has battled through these three weeks, he's had two crashes, he's had some rough days in the mountains. If he can win on the Champs-Élysées, it'll be one of his most satisfying victories, I think, in his career. Yeah, absolutely. But the day belonged Christophe Laporte. The winner of the stage today, yes, the French win that we were all, I say all, we, all, all everyone in France and myself, <laughs> including myself, we're expecting and we're awaiting. And... I was lying. You know, when you said, yeah, the country wants a win, I was like, nah, we don't care. Of course we do care. Yeah, do of care. course we do care. It's a national <laughs> race. I mean, you know, I said to you, we're watching the, we're watching the last kilometre and 600 to go, I said, Laporte's got it. Yeah. Because I could see behind, someone had missed the wheel and there was no more sprint teammates, teammates of sprinters to do that last pull. And Laporte was still on the wheel of the remaining breakaway riders. I'm not sure if it was Fred Wright then he jumped to. And I thought, he's got this free ride. He's got a free ride. And this is set up perfectly for him. And maybe at that point I was jumping in the truck. But that's yeah, the, yeah, that's you the... were. You were. No, you had a right to. It was a brilliant ride. And I don't think we can... You know, when was the last time... Let's face it, that, that uphill drag wasn't much. So any purist sprinter could get themselves up that today... So when was the last time a guy jumped off the front 700 metres to go in a stage of the Tour de France and won the stage? Yeah, yeah, it I'm doesn't sure. happen. Maybe it was last year, yeah. I don't know. But I'm talking about a fairly flat run-in to the line. The last time that happened, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned it uh, a bit earlier on. We have a time trial coming up tonight on SBS. Uh, there's something always a little bit special about a time trial. This time, uh, this time around, there, there is maybe just a little bit less at play because the gap between Vingegaard and Pogacar is potentially on paper too big uh, to, be, uh, to be filled in by Pogacar and, and try to actually go for the win 
on paper, but we know anything can happen on a time trial. It's not a small one as well. It's 40 kilometers on a time trial and the heat is there and it's, it's overall downhill, but it's a, there's a couple of climbs in there, a couple yeah, of bumps. Yeah, mostly towards the end, a couple of little uphill drags at the end, uh, towards the end. I mean, you can never fully trust the profile. Vingigo, all the stars, they will do their recons, etc. Vingigo will have a, I'd imagine a full TT bike on top of the car. Do you think? Exactly the same, <laughs> you know, in case he gets yeah. a flat, yeah, or maybe just a road. Do you think they do everything perfectly and then they forgot the spare bike? Yeah, on the hang on a minute. Where's that second TT bike? Oh, we, we drove yeah. it in under a, under a low car, a car park yeah. the other day and took the seat off. Um, no, no, he'll... I wouldn't be surprised if Vingigo wins the TT. Many are picking. Really? Yeah, I would not be surprised at all. Many are picking Wout van Aert. Or Ghana. So you're removing Ghana as well from this? I don't think he'll win it. No? No, I don't think he'll win it. Uh, he, he got beat in the opening one, and he would have set himself for that. There was the oh. rain and conditions. And he, he had a problem with tyre pressure on that one. Yeah, he, he said he had a problem with tyre pressure on, yeah. on that particular one. He pulled that old one, did he? So, the yeah. old tyre pressure <laughs> one. <laughs> um, no, I, I, no, I stand by it. I don't think... Gunner will win. Okay. I don't think so. Look, the only reason he might surprise me is because he maybe has been able to, you know, get through these last few days without doing too much, but he's had to survive the mountains like everyone else. So I don't think he will. I don't think Gunner will win. I think Wout van Aert, Vingigo, there'll be one or two other specialists who will have really set themselves for this. Those names escape me at the moment, but... I don't think Pog, I don't think Pogacar will win the mm -hmm. TT, and I think Vingegaard will pull 30 seconds to a minute on him. Although Pogacar is a fighter, he just yeah, loves the race. He, he totally loves the win. He loves the win. Could he go for that? I oh, will. He will. And look, he could surprise us because he's the Pog. He's a, he's a champion. He's a freak. He's a star. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be good. Going to be a good stage. I think the average speeds will be super quick, as you say. They sort of start at about 400 metres altitude and by the end I think they finish at 300 so there's a, and the, the the longest of the climbs is actually the last climb up to the finish um, so yeah it's a bit of a formality in terms of the general classification I think because the top three are sorted Garrett Thomas yeah barring something crazy will finish third the Pog will finish second Vingugo again do you know who considered. would have been really good in this uh, time trial? Who? Luke Durbridge. Yeah, he Th would that, have been. That could have been we one for, for Durbo. We miss him. Don't you Don't think? We, we that could have been one for Durbo and no, that big change on this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, and he would have been giving it a really big crack as well. So, yeah, it's a shame Durbo's not here. Um, and I'm just trying to think of the Aussies left. I'm not sure if there's anyone that'll really challenge high up in the ranks. Yeah, okay, well, we'll but see that's that. that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. We've still got the Shams. Yeah, yeah. That, that's for sure. And then uh, we're still eyeing the Shams, the shams for, for Caleb. Thank you, Maka, for joining us today. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport, or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Now that we're finished talking about cycling, for today at least, let's do a little riding ourselves because the fun never stops on Zwift. Training solo at home gets old real quick, but with Zwift group rides, events and races, you'll have plenty of people to ride and chat with to keep you motivated. Plus, it's got great built-in training programs tailored for every ability. There are even workouts that can be squeezed into 20 minutes if you're really stuck for time. 
On Zwift, traffic lights, stop signs, busy roads, bad weather, they all disappear. And each interval has the watt and rest periods dialed in for the perfect training conditions. To start riding and discover how Zwift makes indoor training fun, head to Zwift.com for a free seven-day trial. Thanks for watching or listening while you're riding on Zwift. Ride on.